Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Double, double, toil and trouble. Fire, burn and cauldron bubble. Never fear, there's no need to blub. Welcome, Welcome to Blue Murder Club. <laughs> well, hello, Blue Murder Clubbers, and welcome to this Halloween special episode of Blue Murder Club. I am your host, Carol. And I'm Lauren. How are you? I'm good, babe. How are you? So bloody excited. I love Halloween. It is literally our favourite time of year, oh, isn't it? It really is. We've yeah. had so many fun Halloween together. Yeah, I think for the last month or so, we've been trying to think how to do our favourite time of year justice with the podcast, haven't mm-hmm. we? And um, we've, we've, we've sort of like tossed a few ideas around, haven't we? Yeah. And um, I'm sorry if I'm a bit loud, listeners. I'm probably excited. <laughs> You're not. You're fine. <laughs> Am I talking too loudly? <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, it's we're just really like excited. I found you up and you're off. I feel like off. it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've just spent all day just dying for this evening to come around so we can just record this episode. Oh, no. Um, but yeah, between us, we sort of came up with just a few a few bits and pieces we wanted to talk about with Halloween, wouldn't it, Lauren? Yeah, definitely. I just, um, as you say, it's our favourite time of year. And uh, yeah, I'm just really excited. I think these are right. The certain things um, mm. we were going to back and forth with it just weren't feasible was it we was gonna do yeah, an escape room a, or a live and, one or yeah. something like that and um no we decided to go just to just to look into the background really a bit more didn't we yeah and um yeah like I'm I'm quite obsessed with witchcraft and things like mm-hmm. that and you your nan gave you that background as well didn't she oh with yeah the magic and the spells and stuff and wicca <laughs> and all that sort of thing oh yeah she's a witch through and through by nan and she'd yeah. be pleased for me to say so and yeah I've grown up with it all my life yeah so you can imagine I think my mum was the first person to like decorate the house for Halloween and everything yeah so I'd go to school and come back and my house was all done up oh, for Halloween so yeah okay. amazing amazing so we thought we'd start with, um, I think you, Lauren, you was going to delve into the like the origins of Halloween. Yeah, sure. So, uh, do you know much about Halloween, the origin of, or not really? Um, well, I've listened to a bit about it today, and obviously uh, there's a few things that you pick up over the years, mm-hmm. don't you, like All Hallows Eve, and yeah. once we went to um, Mexico over... over um, the 31st of October, so we oh, were there for the Day of the Dead. Oh, my God. And me being me, I put face paints on the kids and took packed little skeleton outfits and we all just went down to this buffet dinner in our all-inclusive hotel. Oh, I love it. Day of the Dead masks painted on our faces. Oh, brilliant. We were the only ones. I don't care. I just thought, we're in Mexico for Day of the for Dead. Day this of is the a, dead. Like, their biggest celebration. <gasps> so That's I just thought, oh, I don't care really. So yeah, I mean, I know a little bit about it, but, um, but yeah, what did you find out, babe? So it's quite a few parts all entwined into one so I'm going to do kind of like a timeline but bear with me because it all leads into the same thing Mm -hmm. so Halloween marks the day before the feast of All Saints Day and this is um, Christians yeah so then in medieval Ireland around November 1st and it's pre-Christian yeah holiday of Samhain Mm mm-hmm that's the Celtic. That's the Celt night, Celtic, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, Celtic night. Yeah, and that was their beginning of the new year. So it was kind of like their New Year's Eve. Mm. So, oh, I say, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. the thirty first of October was their New Year's Eve because mm-hmm. the first of November would have been New Year's Day. Yeah. 
Um, and then we go on to the Christian feasts of the dead in the Middle Ages. So Christianity's just come about. Mm. Yeah, and they then celebrate something called the feasts of the dead. Then you go to all uh, Day of the Dead, November 1st, and All Saints Day, November 2nd. Mm-hmm. And by the 9th century, October 31st was All Hallows Eve, which we know. Yeah. And we know that, obviously, we're in Halloween now. So Halloween is a concoction of all these things entwined. And I think that's where the word comes from, isn't it? Yes. It's like an abbreviation of Hallows mm-hmm. Eve. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. I think the spelling of Halloween has got a little apostrophe in it, hasn't it? Oh, yes, it has. Where you can has. see that it's two words combined. Yes, so so when in Medieval Widen at an, an early Britain, the Celts had a festival of the New Year, beginning of the winter, they believed the souls of those who died were to visit during this festival. Yeah, that sounds well creepy, doesn't no, it? No, but I love it. Like, I yeah. love it. The podcast I was listening to today described it as the barrier between the dead and the living is the thinnest, thinnest. yeah i'm like well, that's quite creepy no, it's not. <laughs> let's let's contact Morpez. <laughs> okay so, um, <laughs> so they would have a bonfire to ward away evil spirits mm. and sometimes wore a mask to avoid being recognized by Ghosts and evil spirits. I love that. That's where the dressing up comes yep. from then. And this That's is what, medieval times. Medieval times. So yeah, what, we're in Ireland. Four, five, six hundred years so, ago. fun fact, Halloween originated in Ireland. Ooh. Thanks for the fun fact. Yeah. So now we're going to get into the Middle Ages. I was just so, going to say, you know you mentioned the bonfire to ward off mm-hmm. evil spirits. Do you know where the word bonfire originates Go from? Well, because back then they used to throw the bones of the dead animals yeah. and stuff onto the fire. So it was originally called a bone fire. Really? Yeah, and it was abbreviated to bonfire. <gasps> bones just, burn? Just, uh, yeah, I suppose they do, I think. They will if it's do. Hot yeah, enough. if it's hot enough and they're in there long enough, yeah. they do. And um, and it was, I think, again, that was to ward off. It wasn't like every fire they chucked bones on, just no. this just this All Hallows wow. Eve to ward off the spirits. It's good, isn't it? Yeah. So that's most probably why we have a bonfire on. I thought so. No, probably is, isn't it? Because it's so close. It's right on top of it. Yeah. For listeners that aren't in the UK, it's the fifth of November bonfire night. Yeah. It? Guy remember, night. remember the fifth of November. Yeah. So yeah. So during the Middle Ages, the evening before became a hol- holy mm-hmm. or hollowed Eve. Mm. So Christians celebrated the Feast of the Dead on this day, and um, so obviously you get into the hollowed Eve. Mm-hmm. Sanding, but it's not all Hallows Eve. It's just a holy day mm-hmm. or a hollowed day. Mm-hmm. So then we're going to go to um, by the ninth century. People were celebrating all Hallows leaves, which oh, sorry. <laughs> so and again, lastly, we know as Halloween, which we all know today, and we celebrate by playing pranks, parties, costumes, and trick or treating. Over to Kaz. <laughs> okay, cool. So yeah, that was the history of um, of Halloween. Um, so I was going to look at the origins of trick or treating. So it's not a hundred percent known. The the origins are a little bit murky, but some say it started as a, a Celtic tradition whereby people would dress up in demonic costumes, like you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, so that when they met a demon face to face, they wouldn't be able to tell that you're human. <laughs> so it'd camouflage against the evil spirits. I love so it. So that's the element of trick or treating where you get dressed up. I love it. And then um, it was way back, it says a thousand AD. Mm-hmm. So was that a thousand years ago? Christians honoured the dead during All Souls Day yeah. in a stripped back old school trick or treat way. And this consisted of the poor knocking on the doors of the wealthy and receiving a soul cake. Soul, S-O-U-L, soul cake in return for positive prayer to respect the household's deceased oh. relatives. So, um, Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, so I didn't know about that. I presume trick-or-treating was, had its roots in the USA because I'd never had a trick-or-treat until I started watching American mm-hmm. films and like mm-hmm. Halloween and stuff like that. We never really had it over here when I was a youngster growing up, trick-or-treating. Okay. Yeah, oh no. It's like when, when I had kids, we... We went out all the Yeah, time. you lived your best I life. I used to even take my dog, dress him as a pumpkin and take oh, him around. Oh, a skeleton one year. He, he quite liked it. Oh. Um, he got a walk. <laughs> <laughs> he was a bit embarrassed about how he looked, but, you know, he got a walk. <laughs> Listen. 
<laughs> I dressed Ernie up as a lion, and I'm telling you now. Ernie's your English, yeah, no, British bulldog. British bulldog, yeah. And he knows how to strut his stuff. Mm. But he was a bit of an arsehole because he just kept trying to eat all the pumpkins. Did he? Yeah. Oh, no. So it was a bit embarrassing, yeah, but he loves Pumpkins are disgusting. Why was he trying to eat I pumpkins? Love them. Love them. See, I never, oh, in all this research, I never came across the pumpkins, did you? I've got a fun fact about pumpkins. Oh, go on then. And I've got a fun fact about trick-or-treating, but I'll do the, that yeah. one last. Yeah, all right. Do your so, pumpkin fun fact while we're on the subject, because I couldn't see anything. light-up pumpkins were mm. actually turnips. Oh, okay. Yeah, so they're from the squash family. Yeah. They were originally to, that's all mm. I've got fun fact yeah. wise, but yeah. I suppose, I suppose obviously this time of year, Halloween time of year is when pumpkins are ripe mm-hmm. and ready to be harvested. So, and I think the first, like you saying, going back thousands or hundreds of years, mm-hmm. um, it was sort of like a harvest festival time of year. Yeah. And I think that's what Christianity did when it came over to the British Isles. It's, it's, it, it makes it easier for the people, like the pagan people, mm-hmm to accept a new religion if you keep their saints if you, they weren't saints but if you keep their days their yeah. feast days yeah so i think a lot of the time obviously you have your solstices mm-hmm. don't you and traditionally the um people the indigenous people mm-hmm. here in the british isles would have had a feast on those days yeah and and it correlates exactly to the um christian calendar now yeah it makes sense so yeah i mean everyone says christ wasn't actually born on the 25th of December, they just adopted that date because there was a winter solstice ah, around about that date. So, so yeah, being as there's already a big celebration, it, all, it integrates yeah. a lot easier, exactly, yeah. yeah. And the same with that um, All Saints Day. Ah. There was already, it was like a harvest festival kind of day. Mm-hmm. So it was already a feast. They just kind of adopted it. Oh, I love it. And um, Yeah, it is, it's quite a sort of like backdoor way of getting people to yeah. accept your new faith, isn't it? So when we start a cult, is this what you're saying? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> just plain old-fashioned bribery. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I suppose that's what it is in a way, giving some people a feast is a bit, bit of a bribery. It is really, yeah. In a uh, way. Oh, definitely for me. Yeah. I'll come around here and you go, do you want cake? I'm like, yeah, what do you want me to do? I'm all in. <laughs> but yeah, I was quite surprised to see that it went back a thousand years, then knocking on the doors and receiving... Yeah, um, shocking. ...receiving a treat, but in, in return for giving prayers. That's so mad, It's yeah. quite decent, isn't it? I quite yeah, like that. Either. Um but yeah, didn't see anything about the pumpkins or who on earth is Jack O' Lantern. No idea. Um, it says here, trick or treating really went live in the 1920s with the first outing of the term being traced back to November the 4th, 1927 in a copy of Canada's Lepbridge Herald. So it wasn't even USA, <gasps> Lauren, it was Canada. I can't believe it. Yeah. The paper wrote, the youthful tormentors were at back door and front demanding edible plunder by the word trick or treat to which the inmates gladly responded and sent the robbers away rejoicing so they referred to the trick or treaters as robbers <laughs> oh i love it so we oh, all wow. become it's like a purge isn't it a little bit yeah <laughs> and then it says i've got a little fun fact this may be the same as yours but it says did you know Although it is unknown precisely where and when the phrase trick or treat was coined, Mm -hmm. the custom had been firmly established in American popular culture by 1951 when trick or treating was depicted in the Peanuts comic strip. In 1952, Disney produced a cartoon called Trick or Treat featuring Donald Duck and his nephews Huey, Dewey and Louie. No, I haven't. Have you got another? Have you got 20. another fun fact now? Because that's yes. the end of that's the end of the trick or treat and the origins of it. So, I'm ready, so, ready for your fun fact. I've got, originally, for a tree, you had to dance. So oh, when, I love it! Yeah, I would do that. Yeah, you had to dance for your tree. <laughs> How cool was that? So that's good. Yeah. Obviously, it started out with you had to deliver prayers you had to pray and then you'd get a treat and then it turned into you had to do a little dance maybe it was a dancing praying dance a praying dance what's that like look at um kate bush yes and i think you get quite close i was gonna say it sounds a bit exotic for the uk but then you look at kate bush and think we're not all introverts no no definitely not i think if you look at that then you've got a close <laughs> I love it. call. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, she does look like a bit like what you can imagine a, a pagan kind yeah. of spirit spirit woman just yeah, 100%. offering up some prayers yeah. and a bit yeah. of dance to go with it. Even Stevie Nicks, I've got a bit of a... Well, yeah, she's a white witch though, she isn't is. she? Yeah. According to American oh, Horror I love Story. Her. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's good, isn't it? That yeah. American Horror Story Brilliant. cover. So good. Oh, Might so have to uh, re-watch that yeah. actually on the back of this episode. That's my favourite. So yeah, me are we getting too. into our Halloween crime? 
We've got a story each, haven't we? Yeah, we thought we'd we'd look up some crimes committed on Halloween just for the just for the uh, spookiness of it. What do you reckon? Yeah, let's go. So, um, yeah, did you want to go first or should I go first? Up to you. Um, right, <laughs> I'll go first. Go on then. <laughs> so I've got I've got a main one. But then I found another one which just caught my eye. So that this it's just a mini one, this mm-hmm. one. The headline is, a nun was strangled to death. Which I thought, oh, mate, a nun? So she's a religious woman. Yeah. Obviously, she would have been celebrating All Saints Day, I guess. Mm-hmm. I suppose the Catholics do tend to keep those sorts of things. Yeah. Anyway, in 1981, eyewitnesses spotted a man running away from a convent in Texas in the middle of the night. Nuns noticed a broken window in the community room and soon found the body of Sister Tadia Benz. The nuns immediately called the police, who later found Benz's clothes under a bed, along with a knife. The man's name was Johnny Frank Garrett, and an autopsy revealed he had stabbed and sexually assaulted Benz before strangling her. Garrett was caught and was sentenced to death. Reports say his last words were, I'd like to thank my family for loving me and taking care of me. The rest of the world can kiss my ass. Oh, no, that he sounds horrific. like a charmer, doesn't he? What a prick. But, yeah, that was just a short, sweet one, so I thought, oh, I'll, I'll tag that on. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, this is one you picked out for me, actually, Lauren, because you thought this one looked um, quite a good one. It's quite an old one as well, so it, it makes it a little bit easier to look at, yeah. doesn't it? It's 100%. Less, less, uh, yeah. It's just a bit more detached from it, so we're trying to make this quite a light-hearted episode, if possible, aren't we? Yeah. <clears throat> So this is the case of Peter Fabiano, uh, a Los Angeles hairstylist. Um, On Halloween night in 1957, he walked down the stairs of his valley home to greet a belated trick or treater. It was quite late though, it was about 11pm, so he and his wife were thinking that's really late for kids to be knocking. Um, Him and his wife Betty were already in bed getting ready to go to sleep. Anyway, so he's heard the knocking, he's come downstairs, Just um, he's grabbed the... Um, bowl of remaining candy mm-hmm. by the door and he's opened the door a second later betty heard a deep voice and a loud pop that also woke up her daughter judy at the front door she found her husband bleeding out in a pool of his own blood oh judy ran to her police officer neighbor's home who called in the valley police department peter was taken to sun valley hospital where he was pronounced dead from the gunshot to his chest peter was 35 years old wow the only witness to the shooting was a teenager who saw a car speed away from the neighbourhood. There were no gun shells left at the scene and nothing had been taken from the house, despite the family owning two successful hair and beauty shops. So it clearly wasn't a robbery. No. There must have been another mo- motive for it. Definitely. Peter's shooting had the characteristics of a gang hit, but the only record the hairstylist had was for a charge of bookmaking in 1948. He had no connection to any crime syndicate and that lead was quickly terminated. Peter and Betty met in the 1940s when Betty was already divorced from her first husband and was a single mother of two. The pair began their marriage in New York and had moved to LA the previous year prior to Peter's death. When Betty told the police her account of Halloween night, she explained that she thought there were two people at the front door, two men with one of them pretending to be a woman. When asked if Peter had any enemies, she gave them one name, Joan Rabel. Now, Joan Rabel was born in Philadelphia, in Pennsylvania, in 1917. Mm-hmm. So what would that make her? About 40 years old at this yeah. point. And had a lucrative career as a writer and photographer sailing around the Americas. In 1957, she arrived at Peter Fabonio's, uh, sorry, Peter Fabiano's salon, salon <laughs> looking for work after her divorce. Joan and Betty became firm friends and she was welcomed into the Fabiano family. When Peter and Betty began having problems in their marriage, Betty moved in with Joan. Suspicious. Well, hmm. Peter became threatened by the closeness of the two women and the Los Angeles Times described the pair's relationship as, in inverted commas, abnormal, which in the 1950s was code for homosexual. Oh, really? Yes. Betty decided that her marriage to Peter was worth saving and she told Peter about the affair she'd been having with Joan. The couple reconciled and Betty agreed not to see Joan again. So now it's looking like it's ah, probably a crime of passion. Jilted lover, yes. Mm. The same year in 1957, Joan met Goldine Pizer, 
and medical secretary, the pair became fast friends and spent their time together drinking coffee and gossiping. It's reported that Goldine was also gay and had spent her life suppressing her feelings and had married Herbert Crime, a naval pharmacist who she had recently divorced. It was during these coffee mornings with her new friend that Joan spoke to her about, again inverted commas, Uh the evil Peter Fabiano, her employer. Joan was heartbroken and angry that Betty went back to her husband and she wanted revenge on the man. (gasps) So yeah, she wants to take out her love rival, I think. Uh, Joan began to seduce Goldine as she had Betty and eventually convinced Goldine to kill Peter for her. What the fuck? Goldine um, was quoted as saying, I had no motive personally. Whatever motive I had was to please Joan. I was always easily influenced. I have been impressionable and always trusting. When I read that, I could hear you saying that, Lauren. I don't know why. I just thought, I can just hear them words coming out of your mouth. I've always been impressionable and always trusting and easily influenced. Easily. Easy. You say jump off a bridge, I go coming in. Let's go. Ted Bundy says, can you help me? I've got a broken arm. You go, all right. Is that your van? I'll jump in. Where's the door, Randall? Yeah, why isn't there a door handle in this car? <laughs> you want to get that big Ted Bundy? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I just read that and I wow. thought, oh, I can literally hear your voice coming out. Um, so this, uh, so Goldine, at this point, once she's been completely influenced mm-hmm. and brainwashed by her Joan, her lover, she went and bought a point thirty eight Smith & Wesson from a shop in Pasadena under the guise of wanting the weapon for personal protection. She then waited outside the Fabiano's home on Halloween night in a car that Joan had borrowed from a friend. They waited until all the lights in the house went out, then Goldine approached the home in a superhero eye mask and committed the murder. Oh. Right, when you, when you looked this one up for me and we was having a little mm-hmm. read of it, I said to you, didn't I? Do you know what? That is a really good idea to kill someone or on commit Halloween. a crime on Halloween because yep. you can wear a mask and no one will be none the wiser. 100%. And even during lockdown when everyone had to go around in masks, you yeah. would be like, people were allowed to, were told to wear a mask mm-hmm. to go into a bank. And you think, yep. that's never happened before. You always have to take your mask off to go in a yeah. bank because otherwise people think you're going to rob it. So, you know uh, what pissed me off the most about that story so far? Go on. Is that how easy it was just to go and get a gun? Well, this is the thing. It's America, isn't oh, it? It's, it makes me so angry. Yeah, I know. And the 1950s. Yeah. It might have been that easy to buy one in in the UK at that point. Yeah, I don't really know what true. the gun, gun laws were like no. then. But I doubt if you'd... You probably would have been able to buy, like, a shotgun in, in yeah. the UK then. But I doubt if you'd have been able to buy a point thirty eight yeah. Smith & Wesson yeah. from just a shop. Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. But there's so many guns in America. It's so commonplace, yeah. isn't it? It's like... Yeah. It's just so commonplace. They mm-hmm. just, I think they sell them like, you can go and do your big shop and buy a gun yeah. and buy yeah. ammo while, while you get your yeah. groceries. It's totally different culture. Mm-hmm. To us, it's so, like you say, alien. It, it jumps out at you yeah. from our English years. But if you're in the States, you probably don't really think twice about it. She went it. and got some sweets and then went and got some. Yeah, she's getting some fat. That's another thing gun. I keep doing as well, saying sweets. And I mean candy if we're talking in America. So I've read yeah. sweets forward slash candy. candy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because we say sweets, don't we? Yeah. And they say candy. Yeah. Um, I think we both say chocolate. Chocolate is just chocolate, isn't it? Chocolate's chocolate, yeah. wherever you are. But we say crisps and they say potato chips. Yep. But that's the same in Australia. Oh, really? And you're like, well, what do you call chips then? They call them fries. Ah. But we call fries skinny chips. Yeah, skinny chips. Oh, do you know what? We need a whole dictionary to translate. Yeah. Apparently, we all speak the same language. There's so many differences. So many. I just love them. I think I I love listening to Americanisms of English words. And very often, they're not even Americanisms. They're the original English terms, and we've changed it. Oh, really? Oh, I like that fun fact. Yes, it is. Keep them coming. Anyway, back to me murder. Yes, sorry. (laughs) Sorry. It's fine. I love talking about all this stuff. (laughs) It's brilliant. Uh, Goldine disposed of the gun in a storage locker in an LA branch of Bullock Department Store. Yeah. An anonymous tip led detectives to the gun and in turn to Goldine Pizer's door two weeks later. Oh, they got away with it for two weeks then. That's wow. decent, isn't it? Probably because of the masks and the yeah. stolen, stolen car. They, yeah. they, they were quite bro- they were quite sort of cunning about it, weren't they? They were. She was arrested in her Hollywood home where she told police, it's a relief to get it off my mind. Joan was eventually arrested and the two women went through a number of examinations with psychiatrists as the court believed that homosexuality may have made them unfit to stand trial. Uh, that's, oh. I thought that's interesting. So back then, it was deter- um, being homosexual was determined as a, uh, like a psychiatric 
disability problem yeah, yeah so Fucking to the joke. point where you weren't maybe weren't fit to stand mm. trial if you were homosexual I thought that's that used to be a defence. Yeah, just bonkers, isn't it? Looking it's back, crazy. Yeah, absolutely crazy. One of the psychiatrists wrote about Goldine Pizer. The only thought she had was that she had saved her friend Joan Rabel from an evil person. Both women pleaded not guilty, but eventually changed their plea. Pizer pleaded insanity and claimed she was just easily influenced. Joan refused to comment throughout the hearing and was reported to be stony-faced and wore a constant strange smile during the trial. They were both eventually charged with second-degree murder and were sentenced to five years to life in prison. Uh, Goldine Pizer was released and stayed in LA. She died in 98 when she was 83. There's little information about Joan, but it's assumed that she was released from prison around about the same time as Goldine. Betty, like the widow, Mm -hmm. she sold the beauty businesses and she died in 99 in Palm Desert, California. It is unknown if she had a hand in her husband's death. I just, I read that last sentence and I thought, why would you write that? That's, I know. That's a bit, that's a bit of an open-ended question. It is, isn't it? Why would they put that? He had it coming. Is it like she kind of G'd Joan on to I do know. it? And also, why were they only charged with second-degree murder? I don't, I don't get that. They med, That was premeditated. Of course it was. All I can think is it was acceptable in the 50s. <laughs> I don't know. No, I don't. That is yeah. absolutely, yeah. It's mad. a crazy old story, though. Thanks for picking that out. No, it's okay. I was just like, you know, it's one of them stories that unfolds, and you're like... The more, we, yeah, wow. yawns a lot more in-depth than my one, I must tell you. Well, it's just, it's just a really, like cool little case um all of the little it's not the case itself it's just a pretty bog standard kind of crime of passion yeah but all of the changes in the laws and the and the cultural differences i think are fascinating oh i love it Mm. i love it really good isn't it really interesting oh yeah this is Paige, the co-host of giggly squad and i want to tell you about a company that i've been loving olive and june olive and june gives you Everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I had a really good fun fact for you. Go on then. Well, I can't pronounce it. I'm going to try. Simoninophobia is the fear of Halloween. Is there a fear of Halloween? No, yep. oh, it's sort of like claustrophobia and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, but it's similar to phobia. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I love it. <laughs> so, my, so my cool. story, we're in um, 1974. I'm bringing it back to the 70s because I always do. Yeah, that's true. Always fa- do. I don't know fav- why. Well, your actual favourite 
decade is the eighties. But when it comes to true crime, it's seventies, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It run, it's the it's the far and the way the best one. So young Timothy O'Brien went trick or treating, and after a long night, arrived home to tuck into his sweets slash candy. <laughs> after gorging, he said, "Gave him one more last sweet before going to bed, a pixie stick." One hour later, poor old. Eight-year-old Timothy was dead. The small Texas town was in a panic. So could you imagine? You've got out trick-or-treating mm. and your neighbour's kid, for instance, an hour later's dead from some candy, is it? Poisoned. What would you do? What is that? What What did you call the name of Pixie that? Pixie stick. So it's like a sherbet stick, I think, of what oh, we get. Oh, I know what you mean. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, like a little so, tube full of sherbet. Yeah. But oh, at this, and this minute, little boy has gone out trick or treating and come back with a little chubby sherbet. And he sat there gorging on all his candy. And Aww. his dad said, You can have one more before bed. Gave yeah. him. Gave him the pixie stick. Pixie stick. He's at it. And an hour later. Hour later, dead. That's quick, isn't it? Very quick. Is he a little boy? Yeah, eight years old. Yeah, so yeah. that long. Oh, poor little thing. So, yeah, the small Texas town was in a panic. The yeah. police investigating finally found the pixie stick was in fact cyanide, laced with cyanide. Oh, disgusting. So I should imagine the whole town were like literally ripping their trick-or-treat bags out of their kids' hands. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Been in it all. Yeah, you've been it all. I'd be like, hold on, we'll put it undercover to see what is poison (laughs) so we can keep the rest. (laughs) So the dad, Roger, couldn't keep his story straight on what was happening. All right. And the Texan police started digging about and found out a few things. Mm. The dad, Roger, was in a whole lot of debt, bucket loads. And he put a high life insurance on his two kids. Yeah. It was found out that Ronald had attempted to murder... Not only his own two kids that night, but the neighbour's two kids too. Oh, he had two kids and he tried to kill both, but he only killed one. Yeah. Right. So it gets more and more. So, only Timothy ate the pixie stick. The the others hadn't. They were saving it. So he's got his two kids in, and then having a sleepover with his two kids, with the neighbour's two kids. And he'd given them all... Pixie sticks laced with cyanide. Why would he try and kill the neighbours kids? They're not insured. No, I don't know. Maybe just because they were there. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. Perhaps he just, yeah. oh, God knows. Perhaps by now he's just flipped. What a twist, though. I didn't yeah. expect it when I was doing this. Yeah. I didn't expect that. I was like, what the fuck? I wouldn't expect it to be the father. No. You just think it's just some, like, crazy, <laughs> Yeah. like, I don't know, just someone who wants to harm kids. Yeah. And do you know what his nickname is? No. The Candyman. Oh, original. Oh, no. <laughs> so he was found guilty of murder and executed in 1984. So 10 years after. Oh, okay. Yeah, he was on death row for 10 years. 10 years. So yeah, oh. I just, what a weird turn of events. I didn't expect the dad. No. That's so bad. I wonder what the mum made of it. I know. I mean, I suppose there's not really a lot about about that but no. oh it's really horrible i know awful isn't it yeah oh. so because his name was o'brien mm. it made me go on to this fun fact oh yeah go on halloween is more irish than st patrick's day is it apparently so <laughs> work that one out <laughs> how cool is that so does that mean everyone can get pissed on guinness on uh, halloween yeah. as well as on st patrick's day both. then yeah both we'll give the green light for both <laughs> oh yeah, brilliant so. Yeah, I thought that was quite a good one. Yeah, it is. I like it. I love your fun facts. <laughs> little little um, inter- interspersed with uh, fun facts. Have that, yeah. So I've got two spooky stories for you now. Ooh. Um, how many spooky stories you got? I've just got a big, long history of witchcraft. Okay, shall I do one spooky story, do your, and then do yeah. the other one? Yeah, go do on that. Mm-hmm. Right, so, because they're only short mile ones. This one is called a coach made from bones. Dim, dim, dim. So I found this on the English Heritage 
website. Mm. Like, oh my God, if you get a chance, have a look on there. There's so many cool stories on there. We was looking about, through the other day, weren't yeah. we? Like all of the castles on the English Heritage have seemed to have a ghost. Yeah, they do. <laughs> and they're all, yeah, they're all haunted. It just reminds all... me of Hogwarts Castle, didn't <laughs> you? Like they're yeah. like nearly headless Nick and things <laughs> like that. <laughs> Moaning Myrtle. Peeves, the pot guys. <laughs> yeah, love it. Yeah. So, yeah. We're at Oakhampton Castle, and a legend is born around the 17th century. So at the stroke of midnight, a lady of the castle appears from the castle, uh, and she travels in a ghostly form from the castle to her old home in Treverstock in a coach made of bones, but not any old bones, bones of a former husband's. <laughs> I love that picture. <laughs> Driven by a headless coachman. Of course. Yep, and a skeletal hound following behind. I love it. It's said that this skeletal hound has been damned to an eternal task to remove all the grass of blades, one blade at a time, all around the castle. <laughs> now, that is mo- monotonous, yeah. isn't it? That's purgatory. Isn't that? Yeah. yeah. Is. I just thought, oh my God. That's so cool. I love yeah. that. Isn't that cool? Oh. This is brilliant. You can you read through that website and you think you can see where J.K. Rowling got some of her inspiration oh, 100%. from. Oh, 100%. Yeah, so, it's yeah. so cool. I yeah. love it. Not I, just one ghost. Yeah. Three ghosts. Three and a dog ghost. Yeah. And a coach made from her former husband's, husband's bones. bones. <laughs> Loved it. Yeah. I love it. Oh, so cool. Our history is steep. It's so rich, isn't, isn't it? Isn't it? I yeah. love it. It is brilliant. So, yeah, like I said, I'm quite... I, I love witchcraft. Everything about it just fascinates me. Mm-hmm. And I even wrote a book during lockdown, which it, it piv- the pivotal part of the story is about witchcraft. Mm-hmm. Um, and the witch finder general, Matthew Hopkins, who's a figure that just terrifies me. But we'll come to, we'll come to him. So first of all, I'd start with the origin of the word uh, witchcraft. So it comes from the word wit or wise or wisdom, which mm-hmm. is from the German wheat or wit. Uh, so it is the craft of the wise, mm-hmm. which makes sense because um, like they would say it was the uh, the wise women, wasn't it? Who used to use all their um, knowledge of herbs to mm-hmm. make spells. But of course, it wasn't really spells. It was just um, homeopathy, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Um, it's what they used f- for medicine before modern mm-hmm. medicine came along. So they're using To be their... fair, I still use it as medicine, so... Yeah, you bring me lavender when I'm feeling Always. a bit yeah. down and stuff, don't yeah. you? Um, yeah, there's a lot to be said for herbs and the, the healing 100%. qualities of them. Yeah. In fact, we went for a walk at the weekend and the girls were like, is it true dock leaves cure um, a stinging nettle rash? Of course they do. And I said, well, yeah, of course it is. That's why they grow near each other. It's mm-hmm. nature's way. And um, so, yeah, this this it all stems into Mother Earth and... Back before Christianity, so again, going back to, back to when we started looking at Halloween, mm-hmm. and even further back, thousands of years, uh, humans used to believe that we were all part of the same um, the same thing. So that we we the earth, the animals, the plants, we were all part of the same thing, mm-hmm. and um, so that's where that all comes from. Um, since ancient times, wise women and healers using knowledge of herbs. And they would speak pagan words. They would have little like um, amulets and things like that. They were um, delivering babies, curing impotence, curing infertility. (laughs) Um, They were always just called on as the wise women Mm. in the village. If someone's having a baby, they would be there. Wow. And um, so we're going back to 1930s Europe, which was the peak of the European Black Death. Mm -hmm. The Catholic church inquisition so by now you know the europe is a christian continent uh the catholic church inquisition were on a mission to root out any non-christians any non-christians so that's obviously your pagans yeah and your people that they're non-christians um and (laughs) an easy way to do that was to just point the finger at them for the black death so they'd say they'd be like you can imagine Everyone, like all the Christians on their knees, praying to God to spare them from mm-hmm. the Black Death. And then you'd have like these wise women or these people that were still pagans and um, still probably worshipping, probably not worshipping God, probably worshipping Mother Earth mm-hmm. and the sun and the moon and the plants and everything else. Mm-hmm. 
they're, you know, it's typical, isn't it? Berna, she's a witch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, yes. So they would uh, say that there were devil doting witches. There were two, um, two inquisitors. One of them was called Jacob Springer. Which I thought was weird because Jacob is obviously quite a. I think he's got quite a sinister tone. The name Jacob. Yeah. It just re, it just <laughs> reminds me a bit like Children of Corn, like you know those really fundamental religious, uh, like the Puritans. That's what it reminded me of. And the surname Springer was like Jerry Springer, who used to be really horrible to people. Jember Jerry Springer. Yeah, Jerry. Yeah, Jerry. <laughs> so I just thought Jacob Springer. I'm thinking, do you think he's like a, an ancestor of Jerry Springer and in his great 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 grandson? It, it's still persecuting, you know, the yeah. downtrodden because uh-huh. it flipping well seems like it. Great and analogy, <laughs> love it. I just yeah, it just jumped out me. I just thought, oh, Jacob Springer sounds like a nasty place to work. And do you know what he bloody well was? Him and his um, co-inquisitor Henrik Kramer, they wrote a book called Malleus Malf- Malficarum. Again, it's very Harry Potter in yeah. all these all these words, this language. In fourteen eighty six. There weren't many books written back then. Most people couldn't read. There wasn't. Mm-hmm. It was very early printing presses. A lot of the time, a lot, most of the books were um, scripture, and the monks were just hand writing them out. They'd just copy them by yeah. hand. Um, so anyway, this probably was one of the very first printed books, fourteen eighty six. It was popular for two hundred years. Really? It was second only to the Bible in popularity at this point. Um, in this, they outlined um, how to identify if somebody was a witch. Women were believed to worship um, the devil in large nocturnal assemblies. They'd have sex, they would dance naked, and they would feast on human babies. Oh. The climax of these festivals would be to have an orgy with the devil. Uh, this was used as a as a manual for 200 years to determine if somebody was a witch oh that's ridiculous isn't it it, the whole thing is bloody stupid obviously looking back on it but everyone was so superstitious back then people would live hand in hand with believing in the deity and god and spiritualism but they would also still believe in the supernatural yeah they still believed in fairies and goblins and you name it witches yeah they thought women witches could fly there was a thing um where they thought they could manifest into animals oh really oh yeah 100 percent. they did Arseholes. um <laughs> they were called familiars the animals you know like the depiction of a witch they've got a cat yeah, that, I know. Yes, yeah. that would be called a familiar. Yeah, I love it. And they would be accused of shape-shifting into that cat. If they were caught talking to the cat, they would say they were talking to the devil. Sorry, like, people I'm, were so superstitious. I'm not talking because I'm doing so much eye-rolling. I literally, <laughs> yeah, yeah, every I sec, I'm just eye-rolling the yeah, fuck out of this. I know. Yeah. It's so, it's really ridiculous, obviously, looking back. But at the time, this was actual, like, this was, this was um, law. Oh, this was written in 1486 mm-hmm. and it was the manual for 200 years, so yeah. right up till the 17th century, um, which is, it kind of started to fade out towards the end of the 1600s. Mm-hmm. It, it, the climax was at the end of the 1500s, like the Elizabethan time yeah. was the climax of yeah. the witch trials. So anyway, <laughs> in this manual, um, it described how to determine if a person was a witch. So what they'd do is they'd, if a woman was accused of being a witch, mm-hmm. they would strip her naked and they would check her body for any marks like a wart, a mole, a birthmark, a third nipple, because they would think that they'd been touched by the devil. <laughs> I, know. I was going to say, You're trying- oh, fuck, I got all of them. Yeah. I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. I have got a witchy mark on my shoulder. I'll show you later. Yeah. I've yeah. Got, I've got a slight birthmark on my hip, but nothing. And I've got a mole I'm full of moles. I've, I've got I've, I've had it since I was a little girl <laughs> I've got uh, one, two, three, four I've got six moles in a triangle shape on my shoulder because when I was growing up everyone used to go to me is that a tattoo? and I'd be like no it's just my witchy mark because my mum said that's a witchy mark <gasps> oh I love it um, yeah I'll show you it later but um, yeah so I, I would have been flipping well executed yeah. no doubt about it um, and then what they would do is they would uh, torture was um, they would torture them especially in Europe oh. Europe torture was allowed um, but you wouldn't really be um, unless you confessed, they yeah. had to get a confession out of you, yeah. basically, because obviously, how else are they going to prove you a witch? Because there's no say. such you're thing. If you do, you're damned. Yeah, if you you absolutely were. Yeah. Um, and there was one. There was one way. This is quite a famous way. Actually, they used to do it where they would tie the woman 
they'd bind her arms and legs and chuck her in a lake. Yeah. And if she sank, she was innocent. Yes. <laughs> but she'd obviously be she fucking dead. dead. She did. <laughs> and if she floated, then she was witch and then a killer anyway. Uh, that was because they believed that um, that was them. That was her sort of like, um, what do they call it? Like turning her back on the holiness of the baptism. Absolute joke. It's so it? walked in here. It's like literally it like clutching at straws to have a go at people. Yeah. Um, oh. During the torture, the torturers were instructed. This is all in this manual. This two hundred yard manual. They the instruct the torturers were instructed not to make eye contact with the witch, as her evil powers may cause feel feelings of compassion no because so, you see an innocence and then <laughs> fucking desperate for their life exactly yeah so they're even telling the torturers for god's sake don't show any compassion don't show any leniency just continue to torture this poor woman what they would do is um oh here we are so this is the so this brings us up to 1590 mm-hmm. um this this is what a lot of people think was the origins of the large-scale witch hunts that everybody, the really famous ones. So this is a Halloween. Very Ooh, apt. Oh, very apt. 1590 in North Berwick, Berwick, which is a seaside town quite near Edinburgh in Scotland, in the UK. Nice. Um, one evening, a group of witches gathered around about 200 outside St Andrew's Church, which is just sort of like on a cliff edge near the sea. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> they, was, they were caught, they were, sorry, witnessed singing, getting drunk, and they um, cast a spell on a cat. They threw the cat into the sea, thus causing a tempest in the sea. Right. Now, this evening, uh, King James VI of Scotland was sailing back from his returning trip from Denmark. Right. Um, he had married um, Anne of Denmark, right. his young bride, and he'd been over to try and bring her back. Um, so these women, or yeah. 200 of them, were arrested for suspicion of witchcraft and trying to murder the king by creating a tempest and trying to, his ship was wrecked, but he survived. Um, oh, dozens God. of women were executed mm. during this trial and this triggered a century of persecution of men and women. It was 80% oh, women, yeah, I but there were men much. as well. There were men as well. Quickly gone. Yeah, gone. gone. Like just hitting on this. My nan lived in Clacton when I was growing up. Mm. Next to Clacton, there's a place called St. Joseph. Have you ever heard of it? Yeah, I've been to St. Joseph's. Have yeah. you seen the witches hanging thing? No, in I haven't. The tan? I've just got it up on here. So Ooh. it's a village called St. Joseph in Essex mm. in 1582. Mm hmm. Yeah. 14 women were put on trial for witchcraft, mm. some of who were duly convicted according to law. Mm. 1579, and it just goes on and on and on. Um, yeah, this was the peak of it, the end, like the end of the Elizabethan yeah. era. Ursula named four others as witches, Elizabeth Bennett, Alice Hunt, Alice Newman and Marguerite Salmon. I just love it. I absolutely, because mm. I've seen it. Oh, my God. Right, we've got to go. There's a haunted house to stay in called the Cage. Right, <laughs> I'm not that's our next year. The Cage. No, that's our next year one. <laughs> the Cage in Saint Joseph. We spent a night in Essex's most haunted hotel. It sounds like one of them. You know where they used to put pirates and they just hang them up there until they died, and then the birds peck all their flesh away. Mm-hmm. I'm not staying there. No, it's notorious jail used to imprison the witches. That's why it's so famous. Mm. Hmm, so you want to go for an overnight stay in a prison? Yes, please. A medieval prison? Medieval prison. Okay. We're on it. I might be busy that day. <laughs> <laughs> Come, little children, I'll take you away. Sorry. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. So, um, one year after this happened, I'm up in Scotland, Mm -hmm. King James VI published a pamphlet um, and... uh, What was it called? But yeah, he published a published a pamphlet, a witch. and um, <laughs> I can't even read my own handwriting now. News from Scotland, it was called News from Scotland. It was published by King James VI, and it was complete with illustrations, and it's got like literally all the women looking like witches um, with the devil. It's it's so um, flying around on broomsticks. Oh. It's where you get all your all your. Um, you know how you think of things yeah. are now it's all in this pamphlet really? yeah i was watching this documentary on it and it's there's about three that have survived and they were showing it on telly um in the background though you've got to think these people they're so powerful there's always going to be a political motive yeah. and there is so at this point um queen elizabeth is on the throne but she's elderly and she doesn't have an heir yeah king james VI has got his eye on the english crown of course he has right eventually he does become the first um he becomes Becomes King James I of England mm-hmm. and Scotland. But at this point, he's just King James VI of Scotland. He's got his eye on the crown. He produces his pamphlet to show that he's got God on his side. Yeah. So basically, you've got all these women who are in cahoots with the devil on this side, trying to kill him, and he has triumphed over them. So he's produced all this piece of propaganda to prove that he's got God on his side, so he's a worthy um, okay. heir to yeah. the English throne. Yeah. That's what that's about. Um, yeah, so he was... Um, he was newly wed to Anna of Denmark. So again, he's only 24, 25 at this time. Anna mm-hmm. of Denmark's a teenager. He's promising that he's going to provide heirs. Oh. He's, he's, again, it's showing that he's a good he's a good yeah. shout to inherit the throne. Yeah. Being as Queen Elizabeth hasn't provided any heirs. No, she hadn't, has she? No, she didn't. Um, in, the, um, in the original, the 200 ladies that were accused of witchcraft up mm-hmm. in North Berwick, Agnes Sampson was the first lady who was convicted and executed. She was a grace wife, which is um, a, a midwife. Oh. Yeah, and she was a healer from Keith, which was nearby. Oh. Uh, she would have used charms and amulets, so the common people would have believed in God, but also in the supernatural. Um, yeah, she was executed. And contrary to popular belief, there was only one woman who was executed by being burned alive. Oh, really? They were all um, hung That's or, more or American, strangled. isn't it? It's European burning yeah burning is european oh really yeah um i have got some bits on the salem witch trials mm-hmm. um but yeah mainly it was uh, i mean if you think it was bad over here it was fucking atrocious in germany in france really awful there was a town in germany that half of their population were executed as witches during oh. this period it was like literally so you just sneezed and you was a witch i think so yeah basically awful. yeah so um Roughly, I've got a few statistics. So, twenty percent of the men mm-hmm. were—sorry, uh, twenty percent of the people that were um, accused mm-hmm. and were tried were men. Uh, roughly half of them were found guilty. Um, the ex- execution method in England was hanging, not burning, or this is disgusting—being broken on the wheel. Have you, seen, yeah. have you heard of that? So you're tied to a cartwheel and then you're beaten to death. Drive mm. be hung, obviously, or beheading. Yeah. Um, in the early 1600s was the last successful trial right. and conviction and execution. Mm-hmm. 1712 was the last conviction, but that did get overturned. That was in the UK. Um, we can go on to... Oh, do you know what? You know, we said like the late 1600s was the peak mm-hmm. time. There was a spike in the 1600s caused by the Witchfinder General, Matthew Hopkins. He he had a two-year reign of terror where he was going around and he was trying to find witches. He would do that by a method called pricking. So he'd get a woman who had been accused of as being a witch. Mm-hmm. He may find that she's got a cat, she's, you know, this, that, yeah. and other. And they would take a woman and they would stab her with a like a, a needle or a pin or mm-hmm. a bodkin and try and find a spot that didn't hurt because they said if you've been touched by the devil, you won't feel pain. I mean, where are they getting this I from? I know. It's just 
ridiculous. I know. So basically, they're going around, they're stabbing women, torturing them, and um, and then he will take, he will tell the authorities, and they'll go and arrest them. And so that caused a massive oh spike in God. the 1600s. If it wasn't for him and his um, accomplice, yeah, and his pricky ways, yeah, there wouldn't have been a spike in the 1600s. That's why everyone thinks about the witch trials. They think of the, of the tall hats during the Civil mm-hmm. War and all that. But really, the peak of it was. Before that, it was Elizabethan times, yeah. not during the Civil War. So, um, wow. Yes, that yeah, was that. Yeah, I didn't know that. Learn that something new every day. You do, didn't you? So, obviously, moving over to um, to America, during mm-hmm. this point, you get your Puritans that hop on the Mayflower and fuck off over to the States, mm-hmm. don't they? Because they don't like the way things are going in Europe. And they settle down. They've got their colony over in New England, mm-hmm. a town called Salem. Right, the Salem Witch Trials began in 1692. So yeah. This is 100 years after the uh, the peak in uh, the UK. Jesus. In the home of a Puritan minister named Samuel Paris. Paris was deeply concerned about a game his daughter Elizabeth and his niece Abigail had played in which the two girls looked into a primitive crystal ball and saw a coffin. This vision sent them into convulsions and within a few days, nine other girls throughout the community were stricken with the same ailment. Under the pressure of Paris, the girls then named three witches who may have cursed them. Tichiba, their household slave, Sarah Good, a beggar woman, and Sarah Osborne, a widow, rumoured to have had an illicit affair with one of her servants. All three women were social outcasts and thus were easy targets for suspicion. The hysteria behind the 1692 Salem witch trials spread to 24 outlying villages. That year, jails were crowded with more than 200 accused witches, 27 of whom were found guilty and 19 were killed. My God. And this is where the torture comes in because they would torture women until they would get more names and then it would spread. Yeah. So you can imagine these women, they're, just sh- they're under torture, they're shouting out names of oh anyone they can think of just to make God. the torture stop yeah. and it just spreads and spreads and spreads. Fucking evil. The trials met a swift end, however, in part because supposed victims began pointing their fingers at high-ranking figures within the community. Brilliant. When the wife of the governor of Massachusetts was accused of witchcraft, <laughs> leaders saw to it that the trials ceased immediately. As to what spurred the girls' confessions, um, they attributed them to a form of social release. The, girl had been, the girls had been so tightly controlled in Salem um, that this confession garnered them some kind of attention. So you can see it happening. You yeah. really can easily see it happening. But people are just... It, the same thing happened in um, that town in Germany. People are being tortured. They're just going to spout out names and names and right. names until eventually it just... I think the judge is like, knock it on the head. Everyone just go home. Yeah. It's getting out of hand. Yeah. And that is that is what happened a lot of the times. Wow. Um, I've got something about incantations. Right. Um... It says, it says, um, a loose, a lose lose proposition. Oh, there's loads of them, isn't there? Like the drowning mm-hmm. one. This test involved forcing the accused witch to verbally order the devil to let the possessed victim come out of their fit or trance. If the victim's condition improved, the supposed tormentor was toast. <laughs> Um, put to the test when 76-year-old Alice Samuels and her family were fingered for being for being behind fits afflicting Jane. Th- Thorock Morton and her four sisters judges forced the elderly woman to demand that the devil release Jane from her torture by announcing as I am a witch so I charge the devil to let the mistress come out of her fit as this is present Um, when the possessed girl immediately snapped out of her suffering Samuels along with her daughter and husband were found guilty oh it's not bad it's lose lose isn't it it really is it's a joke there's another one Another one, in 1613, Mary Sutton and her mother were suspected of causing the servant of a landowner to fall into a coma. And then when the landowner's son threw stones at them, cast a spell that caused him to fall ill and die. (laughs) That cinched it. Sutton's hands and feet were bound together. Then the men on either side of the pond holding opposite ends of the (gasps) rope she was tossed in. Oh, no. Sutton returned to the surface and upon recovering consciousness, she again denied all charges. Uh, but it was all for now. Sutton's young son, for whatever reason, accused his mum of being a witch. Sutton, her spirit broken, confessed all charges, as did her mother, and both were hanged as witches. Jeez. I mean, it goes on and on. It's just, it is a it's no-win true, situation. Yeah. <laughs> it really is. It is. I think you once you're... you're you yeah, you, you really don't. are. It's like, oh, oh, she's dead. She was innocent. Oh, oh Oops, what's the my bad. 
So, um, Jesus. So, yeah, that was a history of witchcraft, well which I thoroughly enjoyed oh, researching. I love so listening absolutely to it. Enjoy. I really Fabulous. enjoy it. So, shall I do my last spooky story? Yes, please. It's not a very long one, I promise. So, we're at Whitby Abbey, and there's a set of ruins at Whitby Abbey. Whitby is where Count Dracula landed, isn't it? Yep, because there's a face almost fam- uh, also famous for. Yeah. 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 So, good to know. So, yeah, a young nun, a Constance de Beverly, fell in love with a knight called Marion. She broke her vows... And when the other nuns found out, punished her by being bricked up alive in the walls of her building. Jeez. Awful, isn't it? Yeah. The nuns have done that as well. Religious nuns have bricked someone up in a building. Just because she fell in love with a knight. Yeah. Oh. So she is seen cowering and begging to be released in a ghostly form. And every 6th of Jan, a ghostly choir can be heard singing. Oh, wow. So, yeah, and the, so the 6th of Jan is the old Christmas day as well. Oh, I see, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I should imagine all of the tribes used to have their own different feast days, didn't yeah. they? So, obviously, up up north, they would have made it a little bit later. Yeah. Then uh, a bit lower down, but... Oh, that poor nun. What I was know. her name again? Constance de Beverly. Poor Constance de Beverly. I know. That sounds really sad. God love her. What tragic star-crossed lovers they I were. I know, I know. There's always one. Well, I've got... Um, instead of doing our six degrees of separation, we thought we'd mix it up for Halloween this, yep, this week, didn't we? We thought we'd try out a new game where I test Lauren on what she's learned this week. <laughs> <laughs> we can try. And she tells me some jokes. Again, I can try. <laughs> <laughs> right, so here's my quiz. Ready? Go. We love a quiz, don't we? We do. Question one. Uh-huh. It's multiple choice. Go on. Which Shakespearean play involves witches where this spell is found, the double, double, toil and trouble spell? Uh-huh. Is it A? Is this, Sorry, is the play called A, McDonald's, <laughs> B, yes. B, Macbeth, uh. or C, Bad Breath? Oh, I love it. I want to say bad breath for old McDonald's, but it is Macbeth. Macbeth, yeah, you're right. One point. One point to Team team Loza. Question two. Ready? Yeah. Which New England town had the famous Witch Trials? Right, this is again multiple choice. Okay. Is it A, Sunnydale? (laughs) (laughs) Is it B, Salem? Yeah. Or is it C, South End? Oh, South End on Sea. South End on Sea. South End on Sea. I'm saying Salem, but yeah, I'm desperate to go because we're going next year let's as well. Let's go to Salem. Yeah, yeah, Have you uh, read that book, that Stephen King book, Salem's Lot? No. It's really good. It's about vampires. <gasps> right. I love it. fucking to. great. I think there's a film if you can't be asked to read it. Just watch that. Yeah. Give that a go. Anyway, the third and final quiz of this week's subject, mm-hmm. which is Halloween, right? What was ho- the film Hocus Pocus originally going to be called? Was it A, Halloween Mouse, B... Halloween house, C, Halloween spouse. I love that. Like, listen, I want to watch a Halloween mouse film. A little mouse dressing up for Halloween. Who wouldn't love it? Stuart Little, get your kit on. We're going out for trick-or-treating. Amazing. Halloween house, I'm guessing. Halloween house, apparently, yeah. It was going to be called that. Love instead it. Of, instead of Hocus Pocus. <laughs> which you said is like one of your favourite films, didn't you? You love it Hocus Pocus. that and Nightmare Before Christmas. Um, yeah, I was about the right age for it. Yeah. yeah I, I've read today's book, which was released in July, to not to compete with a Nightmare Before uh, oh. Before Christmas, because that was released in the Halloween. They released it in July? Wow. Yeah, I know. I, and again, I was about, oh, I don't know. I was the good age for it. I think I was about seven, maybe. I'm mm. not sure. But yeah, I love it. It's my favourite mm. film. I watch it constantly, like yeah. every Halloween. Absolutely adore it. I was going to say, it's one of them films that's on all the time, innit? You probably yeah. just watched it all the, every time it's on, don't yeah, you? Yeah, and old words. <laughs> you do. So, I've got some jokes for you today. Okay, I'm rubbish with jokes, but I'll try. <laughs> what did the ghost go into the bar? Why did the ghost go into the bar? Sorry. I don't know, Lauren. Why did the ghost go into the bar? For the booze. For the booze. <laughs> but um, but a bumch. How can you tell a vamp has a cold? Uh, I don't know. 
starts coughing. Coughing. Ah. <laughs> That's really good. I like that. I did try and give you a hint by coughing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what do you call a witch who lives at the beach? I'm so thick with jokes, sorry. A sandwich. A sandwich. I like it. Right, last one. What's black and white and dead all over? Is it a zombie? It is a zombie! Ding, 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 you won the jackpot. You did beat me, though. You got all your questions right. No, you won the jackpot on that one because you had a good one. (laughs) Well, I've really enjoyed this one. We we spent... um, we was listening, sorry, not listening. We was looking back through some old Halloween pictures, weren't we, the other day, <laughs> yeah. and videos and stuff. And um, we was just remembering when we used to go to like have Halloween parties and getting dressed up and stuff. And I think that's one of the very first memories I've got of you is yeah, uh, zombie prom. Yeah, that's how we met, wasn't it, at the Halloween yeah. party? Yeah. And we was dressed up as zombies who, like, people who was on their way to their prom and got attacked by zombies. Yeah. <laughs> so we were all in our... died in a certain way, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, we were all in our finery, but... Moldy. <laughs> oh, it was brilliant. Absolutely. We'll have to put pictures up on our socials. Yeah, so we'll, we'll spam you this week with all our uh, old Halloween pictures, won't yeah. we, Lauren? we done yeah. Freak Show one year. Freak Show was wicked, wasn't it? My Who f- was you in Freak Show again? Strong woman. You was a strong woman, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was a puppet. I wanted to be the free-breasted woman from American Horror Story because oh. it was around that time, but I just couldn't work out how they made her have free boobs. <laughs> <laughs> My favourite year of ours, mm. my absolute favourite, was when we was in Norfolk. Yeah. And we all dressed up as a something out of a scary film. I cl- it was, uh, I think the famous classic horror, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. And that was my favourite Halloween, I think. We got so drunk, the you, police was called. Yeah. You and um, our friend's daughter was the twins out of The Shining. Shining, yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. We'll put some pictures up, yeah, listeners. Yeah, definitely. Because it's just cracking. Lauren looks amazing. She looks like my sister and I'm taking it. She was only 12 at the time. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, I'm having it. And I'm I was the, 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 the Japanese woman who climbs out the telly in the ring. Yes, the ring. Yeah, I couldn't even look at myself. I'm so shit scared of that film. Your husband was American Werewolf in London, wasn't he? Yeah, but then what about the year when we did The Walking Dead and we all picked oh, a character out of The Walking Dead? Yes, that, that was, was good. really good year. Yeah. And mate Charlotte, I think, done the best that year as Carol with the cookies. <laughs> yeah, she had the cookies and the W on her yeah. head, didn't she? <laughs> Everyone really went to town. That was so oh, good. such a good year. So, yeah, yeah. Ha- Halloween is definitely like where you come to life big time, don't we? we? Do. Yeah, massive. So, um, yeah, I've probably enjoyed this episode. It's been a real treat, hasn't it? It has, thank you. I really hope you have liked listening to it. I know it's different to our normal subjects, but it's nice to have you a bit need of light to relief. inject a little different sometimes. Yeah, why not? Why episode not? seven, just yeah. pop it in there. Plus, it's Halloween weekend, yeah. so why not? And, yeah, like Lauren said, look out for all our pictures will pop up this week. We'll spam you. Oh, yeah, you'll be, like, blocking us. <laughs> It'll be so much bloody Halloween spam, but anyway. Yeah, have that. <laughs> Um, just a reminder if you feel like supporting the podcast we are available over on Patreon yep we are you get new releases early mm-hmm. releases yep we put the episodes up early uh, advert free mm-hmm. we do mini episodes don't we yeah we do loads of mini episodes and when we get some patrons we'll be doing shout outs <laughs> yeah <laughs> if anyone ever joins Patreon we, you, we'll, give, we'll happily give you a shout yeah <laughs> first um, how many should we say 100 <laughs> <laughs> You're so optimistic. I am. <laughs> the first one. <laughs> the first one. We've, we've got one. No, we'll do it to everybody. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we, anyway, we'll sign off now. We'll stop yabbering on. But we so appreciate you guys downloading and listening. Thank you. We um, we really appreciate the fact that you're giving us a listen. We know you could listen to any True Crime podcast. And we're really, really happy that you listen to us. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> anyway that's that for another week and um take care everybody thank you we will see you next time bye bye bye